This just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sam Productions production. Welcome to the Autism Warriors podcast, episode eight. April is Autism Awareness Month, and what can I do to help? Our website is autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Twitter, sayitprods, P-R-O-D-S. Voicemail, 813-915-6390. We're here live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or medications. My name's Erica Plort. I'm the mother to two children on the spectrum, Cassidy 9 and Garrett 7. And I'd like to introduce my co-host, Pam. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Joey's out there saying the Lion King. Are you aching for some bacon? I'm sorry. I can't, can't contain myself. My name, even though tonight I don't want to admit it, is Pamela Mari. My son is Joey. He's 13, and he is also on the spectrum. Uh, we'd like to make an announcement that John LaSure, president and CEO of People CD and the creator of the World Autism Community website, has again this year created a wonderful video presentation called I Love Someone with Autism. 2011, a tribute to and featuring photos of our family members with autism, including musical selections by persons with autism. This video can be viewed at Vimeo.com. I also have provided a link in the show notes um, to that video. Tonight, we have two special guests, Amir Yassin and his wife, Ursula, and they're here to talk about their application, My Voice for Android Phone or iPad and iPod, right? iPhone. <laughs> yeah, um, I everything. I everything. Um, so, Amir, what made you create the My Voice application? So it started out. Um, so about a, a few years back, around 2005, I actually um, started looking into uh, assistive devices, and none of them really worked for my daughter. My daughter is low cognitive nonverbal, um, and so I started tinkering with. Um, the ultra mobile put PCs, the really small ones, and they were just too heavy, too bulky, too hard to use. Um, and so time passed, the iPod came out, uh, other things came out and they were never really there yet. Um, I didn't want to get her an iPhone because obviously, you know, she'll break it. Um, the iPod didn't have a camera, so it it wasn't really feasible. Um, and then like I, I set that aside for a while and I came back to it earlier this year, uh, late last year, um, sure. and uh, for her birthday, I decided to make her an app that she could use. Um, so I did that. I, I bought a Galaxy Tab, and I created an Android app that she could use, and she was using it almost immediately. Uh, we were really excited, so we took it into the school, and um, 
got the teacher involved and they started using it at school. Uh, the teacher loved it and was really excited about it and uh, herself went out and bought a couple of tablets, uh, put one on, on one of the tablets for the class and one for her uh, uh, grandson. grandson who was also autistic. Um, and uh, she, uh, so that kind of inspired us to, to see if we could help other people as well uh, with this app and that's kind of, that's kind of how it started. Wow, that's great. So what would you say, which devices work best, Android? Um, well, they they all work okay, depending on your needs. So my daughter needed something that uh, was bigger than an iPod because she couldn't really, she, her motor skills aren't great. Mm-hmm. So um, it was hard for her to hold the edges of the iPod and uh, tap the icons. So what we did was we got her an iPad, not an iPad, I'm sorry, a Galaxy Tab. The iPad was a little too big for her. It was a little bulky. Um, So for her, a 7-inch Galaxy Tab worked great. Now, there are other kids where an iPod would work great or an iPad works great. Uh, Just for our purposes, a a 7-inch tablet was was the sweet spot. But that's not to say that, you know, it it wouldn't work well on other devices. And she uses the the Android phone, the uh, uh, MyTouch, rather well. It's just the whole thing with fine motor controls. She'll have problems with it, but the tablet she's very, very comfortable with. Oh, that's great. Um, What specifically does the My Voice application do? So what my voice does is it allows people who are low cognitive or uh, and nonverbal or low verbal to basically express their needs. And it does this different than other uh, AAC applications where you build up a sentence by using icons. The problem with icons is that it, it requires a cognitive leap. Um, if I can understand an icon, I can probably understand simple words, right? Or I can, I can, I've connected the fact that a picture means something that it doesn't look like. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas what we've done is we've taken that that cognitive leap out. So what we have is we have categories and items, and a category is basically, uh, for example, um, I will work for. Uh, it, we took a picture of my daughter's workstation at school, and those are things that she'll work for, uh, for her therapies. And under that is things like Skittles and uh, cheese and um, popcorn. popcorn and M&Ms. Uh, oh, so and, her reinforcers. Exactly. Right, right. And so when she when she looks at it, she recognizes that's my workstation. And when she touches it, she knows that she'll be working. And these, these are the items she can choose to work for. And they're pictures of the actual items that she'll get. So there's no need for her to make a leap from me working to a guy digging a trench, right? So, uh, you know, where the icon is, is some guy with a shovel or, or, uh, or somebody else doing something. Well, the other neat thing is you actually uh, type in or record a quick message. So that workstation, we typed in, I will work for, and above it, however she understood it, whether it was Skittles or Goldfish or however she understood those uh, individual items, 
you we type that in. So every time it says she taps on it, it will always say I will work for. So with her, she's very repetition oriented. So that yeah. helps. And we have her repeat it because she mimics well. So by repeating it, she's actually gotten to the point to where when she makes her lunch choices and the lunch ladies are fabulous because they have her use that pad to request her lunch items. She'll start saying pizza now before she taps it. Right. So she's taking that next step forward because she has the constant, constant exact same repetition. Exactly. So whatever it is that you're trying to reinforce language wise, you have that ability by creating the tag yourself. And, you know, one of the things that we don't realize uh, as people who can speak and and aren't, you know, very uh, aren't autistic is that. A lot of these kids, especially like my daughter, now, of course, I can only speak for my daughter, but she's very, very uh, focused on, you know, she'll, she'll lose the forest for the trees. Um, and, and so the fact that, that my voice repeats it exactly the same way each time allows her to then make the next step, right? Because it's a cognitive leap to go from a picture to a word, Right. Um, And and so that helps her with that step. And the other really neat thing about it is when people get their own personal copy of my voice, there's nothing already there. And some of the things that we saw, because we watch YouTube videos to where some of these children were um, starting up and using different applications on iPads, which was the most common thing out there. And to watch someone with uh, poor motor skills try and touch one item to bring up a menu and chain things together was painful because you saw the frustration. Mm-hmm. So we cleared it out to where you know what your child needs. Or if this is an older uh, adult or child that's still nonverbal, right. they, it's, it's, you know what they need. You just put in what you need. It's very clean. There's nothing for it's them. It's really to, about their environment. Exactly. It's really about their environment and their needs, not some generic need that we came up with and some generic phrases that we came up with. It's, it's really about you and your So it's needs. basically designed for the person to input whatever information they want into the application and then. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Now how can someone obtain this application? So there are three ways to get it right now. Uh, one way is to go to the Android market and download it from there. Um, the other way is to go to our website if you have an Android phone or an Android tablet and you can get a copy for uh, 30 days to try out um, and then you can purchase it after that uh, or you can go to iTunes and, and get it from there. Ah, wow, great. And where can we find more information about your application? Uh, you can go to www.discovermyvoice.com. Uh, and we're, we have a website there with uh, tutorials for Android and the Android manual, and we'll be soon updating it with the iPhone now that it's released. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash discovermyvoice. Uh, and we're on Twitter at uh, – you can follow us at discovermyvoice. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate all the work you've put into creating this application. I'm sure it will be- benefit a lot of children. Well, thanks for having us. Well, you take care now. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For our listeners, we're offering a license to the full product. In order to enter the contest, you must send us a message at feedback at sayitproductions.com with the subject line, Discover My Voice, indicating why you need the application and how you will use the application. 
Include your full name and email address so the creators of this application can contact you when they are there are updates of the product. We'll announce the winner of the license on April 19th. The topic of this week's um, Autism Warriors podcast is April is Autism Awareness Month. What can I do to help? Basically, spread awareness, educate as many people about autism as possible, get involved. I have stories from two autism mothers about their stories. They've allowed me to share them. Um, I got them uh, through Facebook statusing. Um, but Catherine Tomko Hughes, she says her son is 13, was diagnosed 10 years ago in May. My story is remarkably long and stemmed from a heartbreaking, frightening situation. Chris was diagnosed PDD-NOS afterwards, and it was from there that we immediately started to intervene. Fast forward 10 years, he defied odds and proved everyone wrong. Special school? No. Nonverbal? No. On meds? No. He's mainstreamed, an honor roll student, plays in the band, has a paper route, and continues to be her pride and joy and reason for waking up each day. And she says, I love you, Christian. That's fabulous. Uh, isn't that fabulous? And then I got another another story from Janine Petrolak. I'm a multi-spectrum mom with two boys on the spectrum, 15 and 18, both early intervention since three years old. The 18-year-old transitioned from IEP to Section 504 this month and expect the same for the 15-year-old. They are diagnosed as PDD-NOS and another brother, age seven, is diagnosed ADHD, formerly speech delayed, showing signs of echo, age three to five, stopped after a year and a half of speech, age three to four, is on the gluten-free, no lactose very little casein 18 year old improved on gluten-free diet was diagnosed celiac in 2006 three of us are allergic intolerant and retesting the 15 year old what some of my friends on facebook are going to do to raise awareness um amy gallagher she said i don't even know where to start i can say that i worked with some tough kids had my butt kicked a lot. Some easier kids saw crazy things and wonderful things. I worked with wonderful parents, some super special kids, and learned a lot about autism and myself. I have a lot more patience than I thought I did. And I asked on my status over the weekend, what are you going to do to spread awareness? Mike Tipton said the same thing as every day, disseminate and educate with authoritative resources or sources what mental health in general, ASD and bipolar, his son and self, experience on a daily basis. Elizabeth Morse, she says she cannot do much after the surgery, but I can share my autism awareness video and you'll find a link to that video on the Autism Warriors um, website. Um, Rukamadi, I can't even say her name, Stylianopolis, she said she'll be the best mom in person she can be. Catherine Tomko Hughes said she will be posting facts, quotes all month long, participating in a number of events, counting my blessings for each family I am blessed to support, and continuing to grow and learn so I can be the best mom I can be to my son. Kathy Jewell says she has three autism tattoos for her grandson. Rebecca Cauley Voisin, keep advocating in her classroom school for my students with special needs. And my friend Jennifer Fleming says she's setting up a booth at a bike rally for autism in April. You really got some nice responses there. I did. <laughs> you I really did. did. Yeah. really did. That's fabulous. Fabulous. Well, I floated another poll on the World Autism Community about how would folks 
spread awareness and the, believe it or not, just goes to show you about society, the biggest category was folks said that they would spread awareness on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace. Um, under that was wear an autism t-shirt, jewelry, something to that effect. Uh, very few folks said that they would contact their local government officials to help spread awareness or to uh, monitor the budget for autism. But so the the media seems to be the way to go for a lot of folks. And it's just a quick way to get the word out. Definitely. Definitely. So you wanted to, you had in the notes about Autism Society of America? Well, I'm just, I plugged in whatever I could find just to give folks ideas. The Autism Society used to be called Of America. Now it's just called the Autism Society. Local chapters, such as the one I belong to, hold events such as walks or runs for autism, and everyone is welcome. I cannot unstress that. Everyone is welcome. You can help by volunteering to register walkers or runners, and you can create your own group, take your own children, uh, get people to sponsor you, you know, 10 cents a mile or however far you walk. You can help by working a concession stand or a registration booth. Extra hands are always appreciated. You don't have to be an autism family. You're, you are welcome, and you can learn that way. Meet other families. Absolutely. And as we just said, Facebook or other social networking sites, shout it out. Make everyone aware that April is Autism Awareness Month. Start a discussion. Just start a discussion. Hey, I don't know much about this. What can you, you know, I'm curious. What can you tell me? The more we talk, the more we understand. And that even goes for we autism families. We're not totally aware of what every other family goes through. Give kudos to families dealing with autism every day. I've uh, been posting fragments of my story very, via Facebook statusing. Like, for instance, I said, oh, the first one was uh, July of 2005, Garrett was diagnosed with PDD-NOS. November of 2005, Cassidy was diagnosed with PDD-NOS. That's just a for example, but I update it every day. And now I'm up to 2007. So just sharing little fragments of my story and letting people know that my child has special needs in autism. April is Autism Awareness Month. So I've gotten a lot of responses. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at my son. He's, I bought him a microphone to practice singing. It's a, you know, USB port mic. Mm-hmm. And so he's singing the Lion King song, you know, that I mentioned before. But all he has on is the sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> he's enjoying That's himself. It. He's sans, enjoying himself. Sands the pants, yeah. So he just <laughs> snuck around the corner with the mic, sands the pants. Okay. Uh, so, yes, Facebook, other social networking sites, go for it. You know, get the word out there. Um one thing I think that is important, and I always try to do it as much as I can, is the teacher. If you have a good teacher, let her know she's appreciated. An autism class is not always an easy class. If it's a regular ed class and they support your child with autism, let them know that you appreciate it. The aides and the therapists that work with your kids offer a special thanks, a little gift, or any little thing, to those who work with our family members on the spectrum, a job that for most is self-rewarding, but nonetheless, don't forget that without them, our kids would be lost. That's right. That's they absolutely would, right. I mean, 
I just, we're very fortunate to have a good teacher for the past two years and, and the ladies that work in the class, uh, we'd be lost without them. They just have patience personified, which sometimes I don't have. So don't forget your, your helpers that help your children, whether it be the bus driver, um, you know, somebody at camp or your teacher, even the cafeteria ladies, you know, if they're helping, just say thank you. Or you can offer to help a family. If you don't have an autistic child in your family, maybe there's a family in your neighborhood with a child on the spectrum and suggest maybe a play date. That's something I would love to have is somebody say, hey, can I bring, you know, Harold over here to play with Joey? You know, whether Harold's on the spectrum or not, doesn't matter. Offer that family the opportunity to include their child in any activity your kids are into. Hey, we're going bowling. Do you think Joey would want to go, you know? ask them to go along on an outing. Even if they decline, you know, you might offer some activity that you as the parent know would just be too stimulating for your child or too exciting or too much noise, you know. At least you offered. And that that makes a world of difference. I have a friend, autism friend mom on Facebook, and she always says, you know, are you going to sign Joy up for soccer? Are you going to sign Joy up for swimming? And I say, Phyllis, you know, out of all the the moms I know, you're the only one that consistently asks, do we want to bring Joey? And I said that, that I really appreciate that. You know, that means a lot. It does mean a lot. asking is, is a lot. Trying, again, trying is better than not trying and, and failing. You know, if, if you say yes, we'll go with you and your child doesn't do too well at bowling and they get a little upset, at least you tried to include that family and that child. Exactly. Or if you're hungry, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can buy a lot of cookies. The Dan Marino Foundation, in coordination with the Panera Bread Restaurants, is holding a cookie sale for Autism Awareness Month. Proceeds will benefit the Dan Marino Foundation and can be bought online at Panera Touchdown for Autism. And they're they're football-shaped cookies. That's awesome. And I just, um, when I saw that in the show notes, I said, well, what is the Dan Marino Foundation? I mean, I had heard about it before. I also provided a link to the Dan Marino Foundation. It can be found at danmarinofoundation.org, but that'll also be provided in the notes to the show. But I thought maybe some of our listeners might not know about the Dan Marino Foundation, but it was established by Dan and Claire Marino in 1992. The foundation's mission is to open doors towards independence for children with special needs, teenagers transitioning from foster care, and young adults with disabilities. The foundation fulfills this mission by supporting comprehensive integrated treatment programs, providing outreach services, advancing scientific research, and building independence through employment and daily living transition programs. The foundation has raised over $30 million since its inception, which has been used to fund major medical research and build the Miami Children's Hospital Dan Marino Center and operate life changing programs. Dan Marino is the father to a now 22-year-old autistic son, Michael, who was diagnosed at the age of two. I'm, he was one of the first famous, quote-unquote, famous people I remember mm-hmm. to come out and say that their child had autism. Yes. And I believe his son does relatively well now. 
Yes, I actually had found it. It was an old, old interview from 2005 when he was 16. There was um, in Katie Couric. It was an interview between Katie Couric, Dan Marino, the wife, and his son, and then also one of his speech pathologists. <clears throat> I didn't include it in the show notes, but I had found it on uh, online somewhere. It was on MSNBC. I just put in Dan Marino autism, and that was one of the first links that put that came up on Google. So, but and of course, the one of the biggest autism organizations, Autism Speaks. If you want to know what they're doing this month, all you have to do is go to their website, search by zip code, and you can find what autism walks or activities are happening in your area to do with Autism Speaks. Yes, definitely. And here we are, relatively early at our random news stories. (laughs) And this week, they are very random. I have four. One of which is not a news story, but a website I happened to, that I happened upon that celebrates autism. The man has traveled all around the United States visiting autism families. He's the winner of a pep, the Pepsi Refresh Project. Cool. And, it's a, and he created a documentary about autism. There's a trailer and some video clips, but I've not yet found the full-length documentary. But you can find that usofautism.com. It's pretty cool. Really cool. I mean, he's got a bunch of videos on there, but he he calls it the United States of All Autism, and you can go right on the first page and view the trailer. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it was really cool. Really cool. Um, then I also found a story or it happened upon, I think I got it on Facebook. Somebody had shared it on Facebook. Um, Behavior therapy trumps medications for autism, study says. Shannon Pedrod 48 of Saugus, California, could feel a change coming over her son, Jem Miller, by the time he was two. Parts of his speech gradually began to disappear. In just a few months, what started as, Mama, what are you doing, turned to, Mama, what doing, then then he retreated into silence. Within six months, he was diagnosed with autism. Um, Autism was like a thief coming into the night and stealing pieces of my child, said Penrod. Something in him seemed like it was just going away. While Jem's deteriorating language skills and apparent emotional separation from his family was hard to bear for Penrod and her husband, learning about Jem's diagnosis was not the hardest part, she said. Finding the right treatment was. While there is no cure for autism, there is no shortage of purported treatments to manage the range of symptoms associated with the wide spectrum of the disorder. And like Penrod, many parents of newly diagnosed children find themselves inundated with overflowing and at times conflicting treatment recommendations. Penrod said each autism specialist she took Jem to see recommended a different type of treatment. One told me to stay away from behavioral therapy or my son would end up like a robot, she said. Instead, Penrod first tried specialized diets and prescription medications to ease her son's erratic behavior, but three study reviews published Monday in the Journal of Pediatrics found that early intensive behavioral interventions are more effective for autism symptoms than medical interventions. That's basically the gist of the story. It's a three-page story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But that can be found in our, the link to that story can be found in our show notes on the website. And then um, one of my 
One of my friends on Facebook, her name is Gloria Huntington. Her husband works for, I don't know the name of the company, I'm sorry, but it's a military newsletter that came out. And uh, I provided the link in the show notes, but the the article is actually on page five. If I could get to page five, that would be wonderful. But the name of the, it says fuel, the the title of the uh, article is Fueled by Challenges and Love. And it's about her husband. He's known as the jack of all trades at USU because his day is usually a whirl of constant activity, making travel arrangements for students, mentoring uniformed personnel, carrying out the commandments or commandant's orders and juggling a thousand other projects. But Master Sergeant Stephen Huntington doesn't mind the bustle, even on his busiest duty days. He's used to it. My two oldest children have autism, and I have a three-year-old with tons of energy, says Master Sergeant Huntington. A lot of work goes into raising a family, and the challenges are compounded when you have kids with special needs. Still, I wouldn't trade my struggles for anything in the world because my family means everything to me. And the article goes on to talk about his, you know, the struggles that they've faced. Um, but it's a feel-good article, and and you could find that on the link to the article on the website, but it's on page five of that particular because it's a PDF version. So it's on page five. And then one last story, which is kind of tr- it's tragic. It was submitted by Chris Taylor from Florida. He's a regular of uh, regular listener of our show. Um, it's in Bisbee. Cochise County authorities say a 12-year-old autistic boy has died in a fire at a mobile home in Bisbee. And this happened on April 2nd. This is when the news story was released. County sheriff's officials say the fire was reported at 12.30 a.m. Saturday and the home was fully engulfed with when fire crews arrived. They say a man and a woman were outside the burning home and the man told firefighters his autistic son was still inside. A search later found the boy's body in his bedroom partially under the bed. The father says his son woke him up in the middle of the night and told him there was smoke. The man got his family out of the home but says the boy appeared to be confused and ran back in the house the names of the father and son haven't been released oh no that's horrible that is horrible and that's why i'm a firm believer if you have children on the spectrum uh and and i guess you leave you leave it up to interpretation or you you as a parent if you have a child on the spectrum please Call your local law enforcement, call the local fire department, red flag your house so you don't, so people know, so any emergency personnel that comes here knows that there is a child with special needs. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm competing with Timon and Pumba this week. I know. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so how was your What week? about the little stickers you stick in your window, like in the... You know, tot. Well, they call them tot finders. I wonder if they have something. Appropriate. There's probably something. I'm, I'm wondering if there's something appropriate out there. I, I don't know. I'd have to do some research on that. But I do know that one of my one of the mothers I've met here in in, in the town I live in, um, she actually has, and she called it red flagging her house. Her son has many disorders, autism, including included in 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 those disorders and she actually has her house red flagged 
when her her son's behaviors, when he starts acting up, she calls the police department. They know exactly where to go. They know they they send the same police officer every single time, and he knows that he's in trouble. But also on the same token, it, it benefits her that if something happens, they know that there's an autistic child in that house, you know. Because I've seen, I've read stories about, you know, emergency responders responding and they didn't understand why, you know, that's, you know, the certain behaviors. And remember that one story we had a couple, a few weeks ago about the deadly force? Deadly force? What deadly force? You don't remember that story? They respond, the emergency responders responded with deadly force. Oh, okay. That autistic man. Yeah. So... But those were my stories that I found. Well, I before we, you know, and here I am late for the, I'm going to sequester myself in the bathroom. Um, really? It's okay. He's having fun. Let him have fun. He is. He is. Um, I just wanted to mention before we came on here, I read uh, an article, and, and I've heard this before, and it makes you wonder if there isn't something to it. And here we go with the animal experimentation thing again, which I always don't like the comparison between, you know, it worked for a rat, so maybe it'll work for your kid. But I guess I'm not in medical research either. But the crux of it was that someone, again, did another study saying that when mice or rats or some rodent was administered cortisone, uh, their autistic symptoms diminished. And, of course, that leads to the debate about is autism a product of inflammation of the brain? Brain. <laughs> Where's that cortisone? <laughs> well, I have, I have enough. But the point is that I've read this before, too, that you will get a similar result if your child has a fever. Oh. If they're sick and they have – and some somebody's probably saying, you idiot, that's because they're sick. They don't feel like doing anything. But <laughs> the, the fever, the body's reaction has something to do with the, the way the fever technically affects the brain and that both, both the, the steroids and a fever reduce inflammation in the brain. So it, it kind of makes you wonder, is there – is there a connection? And, of course, the lady that wrote the article said that don't everybody run to the doctor and ask for, you know, prednisone to give their kid with autism. But it's just interesting because I can honestly say she said that as soon as her child was put on this, all the physical manifestations stopped. The flapping, the, the banging, the, the self-injurious behaviors, they all stopped. Wow. Okay. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. It's an anti-inflammatory drug and like I said there they've also shown a correlation between that and when a child on the spectrum many times has a fever that it puts the kibosh as my grandma used to say on the behaviors so what is what is the connection I don't know yeah but but what's good for one autistic person is not going to work it doesn't work for everybody you know what I mean that's so true it's they definitely a- need more research in that area they have to do a lot more research, I think. Because what's, you know, I would love for my son to stop telling me he hates me. 
I love my son. I do. My daughter's not as bad these days. <laughs> it's the son. But how was your week? Oh, I was very brief here. I said Joey had a bad cold all week but toughed it out each day, which which he did. He he has a bad habit of, you know, having a runny nose and like snorting it across the side of his face. You know, the typical kid yeah. wipe your nose in your hand thing. And then his whole face gets this big, humongous red blotch on it, and I have to chase him around and slather Vaseline on it to get it down. But all things considered, all things considered, he did really well sticking it out. I mean, it was just a bad cold, you know. But it, it makes you cranky in school and, and that type of thing. But I had a – here's another alphabet soup thing. I had an ISPT meeting yesterday with his teacher – and mm-hmm. our therapist and and I said, Are you guys still tracking the you know, the banging as we call it? And she said, No, we don't track it anymore. And I said, Why? And she said, Because it's not really an issue here. So, you know, you don't always get what you want when you want it. Uh I wish I could have some of that at home. <laughs> A little I less know, of that right? at home. But, you know, if it's diminished itself to the point that they don't even feel it warrants collecting any data on it. I'm happy. There you, you go. Know, I'm thrilled. So I was like, okay, I guess I won't complain, you know. So I made a pizza run. They all they had a pizza party this week. And, you know, because we have a pizza place, I always go and get the pizzas and deliver them to school. And, you know, if that's the least I can do for the, for the kids, I, I love doing it. Well, that's great. Bring me some pizza. It'll be cold, <laughs> cold. by the time you got here. but Real cold. <laughs> And what about you? What about me? Well, Garrett had, remember last week you were telling me that you had a PPT meeting or you had a meeting coming up in April? I have an IEP meeting next week. You have an IEP meeting next week. Yeah, well, uh, last, when I found out about Garrett's PPT meeting at the last minute, the day before, the school psychologist called me to remind me. He goes, hello, Miss Mrs. Plourd. I'm like, first of all, I'm not a Mrs. Plourd, but that's okay. You can call me Mrs. Plourd. Hello, Mrs. Plourd. This is, you know, school psychologist's name. I'm just calling to remind you of Garrett's PPT meeting tomorrow. I said, what? I said, I didn't get a five-day written prior notice. He goes, oh, you didn't? Well, we could still hold it without you. I'm like, ah, no, I'll be there. Believe me, I have not missed a PPT meeting yet. I will be there. Um, But it was my fault that I never got the written notice because I never changed my address with the school when I moved. Oops, my bad. Because I got, and then I came home because I was out when he called me. I came home and there was the five-day prior written notice in my mailbox. They forwarded it? <laughs> they, they did not forward it. What happened was um, last, not this past Monday, but the Monday before, the school um, secretary called me and asked me if I had moved. And I said, yeah, I thought I t- updated my address with you. She said, no, we still had the old address. So that's why she had called. I, I don't know why she didn't mention the PPT meeting to me then. <laughs> you know, might add a little bit of, you know, my day's not filled with much, so it's. I didn't. I just had to move one appointment, so. Well, you need to program it into your fancy schmancy, four GS whatever kind of phone. Well, they don't. They don't texted me on. I know, right? Did you get uh, another one did, or a different one? 
or just I still have always... my 4G spanty fancy Angry Birds phone. Okay. So anyway, I went to Garrett's PPT meeting and apparently he's really struggling. They're going back to using his picture schedule for him. And next year, he's going to get assistive technology to help him with his writing skills because he refuses to write, which I don't really understand. I mean, he needs to know how to write. So basically what they're going to he's and for me, he's and, and the teacher even said he's capable of doing the work. He's at age appropriate levels in academics, but he needs improvement because his behavioral issues are getting in the way of him doing the work. The PPT, the planning and placement team said that they're going to teach him typing skills and have him do his writing on like any written assignments on that. But that won't be implemented until next year. It is not that he can't come up with the answers or doesn't have the imagination to do the writing. He just refuses to do the work. Incidentally, they're going to also reinstate his picture schedule, thankfully, because he did well on the picture schedule because he knew what was expected of him. I, I, apparently, he's experiencing sensory o- overload, so he retreats into his own world, and then he can't perform the work because he missed all of the instruction. He retreats into his own world, misses the instruction, has an outburst. You know, and I guess he's become uncontrollable and some of the some of the kids in the classroom are afraid of him and they won't. None of the kids in the classroom will play with him. Well, why doesn't he have that Mrs. Mrs. Kablecki or whatever her name is? (laughs) She's there and she's still there in the afternoon. Well, why isn't she there all the time? It sounds to me like he could use somebody like her all the time. Yeah. Looking out for him. It sounds to me like. How many breaks, quote unquote, is he given the option to take a they quote aren't unquote given, break, they, like they go for a walk? Or, they, they said right in the PPT meeting that they are not giving him why? breaks. Why? That's probably it. He needs and to get up exactly and go. And that's exactly what the, what the district or the district manager said because she was there. And she said, you need to re- re-implement his picture schedule. You need to, imp- in that picture schedule, Give him breaks that don't don't treat it like it's a reward. It is in his schedule. He does math, writing, reading, sensory break, not math. Right. You did your job here. Math, writing, reading. And now you your reward is that you get to go to the resource room. No math, reading, writing, resource room. Math, reading, writing, school psychologist. Math, reading, writing, whatever, you know, don't give it, don't make it like a reward system. Make it like it's his job. Integrate that sensory break as it's part of his job. She was, she was, she was like, I remember Garrett from when he was in kindergarten and I remember how hard of a time he had. He's going that route again. And we don't want to take him from the, least restrictive environment and have to put him back in the resources room because you people are not doing your job. I was like, whoa. <laughs> now, when you say writing, you you don't mean the, the penmanship. Physical you mean the composition. Penman- exactly. I don't mean the penmanship. It's the composition. Because he, I mean, if he takes his time and I make him, I do his homework with him every night. 
I make him, I, I, if he doesn't write it correctly, I erase it and make him write it again. And he gets so angry with me, hits himself in the head, calls himself stupid. I said, you're not stupid. I, I want you to write neatly. So are they complaining that his writing is sloppy or that his No, that he refuses to do the work because he doesn't want to write because he doesn't like the he doesn't like to write. He doesn't like He's a smart give me kid. An example. He... Give me an example what the teacher's asking him for like Garrett, write me three sentences about your sister. Yeah. Um they have little things where they write like they draw a picture and then they write a story about it and he'll like write one sentence he can give it to you all in words but he only writes one sentence like he'll draw a picture of a fish swimming in the it's always about fish um <laughs> okay so what do you think it you think it he doesn't like the physical task of writing I with think a pen it, with a pencil i you think know. on some level yes I personally think uh, I don't know. Maybe this is personally think he's a little bit lazy in that area. I hate to say lazy, but he's struggling, you know. And hey, hey if they're, they're like, "Oh, we're going to teach him to type," I said, "Honey, he already knows how to type. He has a netbook at home." I said, "The only way I can get him to spell his last name, he can't verbally spell his last name to me, and he can't write it down for me. The only way I could get him to spell his last name is if we go on Webkins.com, and his username is his last name and the year in which he was born. And that's the only way I could get him to spell his last name. I said, I'm not giving you your username. You know how to spell your name. And he spells it, and he gets in, and he plays okay, on the Webkins. So that's motivation. Mm-hmm. Motivation is strong enough there to get him to do it. So yeah. they're not they're not giving him the motivation to finish to write more than one sentence. Exactly. And then I think that the teacher gets frustrated with him and just you know gives up because she seemed like she didn't even want to be at the PPT meeting. I mean, maybe I read her wrong, but she seemed like she didn't even want to be there. She was like. Are they ready for us? Because we were all, myself and his special ed teacher were sitting in the hallway. She's like, are they ready for us? And I'm like, no, there's, they have, they have another meeting going on in, in there. And she goes, well, they sent my special, they sent my um, substitute down. And then she kind of sits down, you know, like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Because you don't want to get an attitude with me, honey. You know? And then I just like, okay, okay, Erica, put the redhead away. You know, maybe she's just having a bad day. But I think that Garrett's got a lot. Of, he he's, has a lot of behavioral issues, issues going on at home, too. So he's very frustrated, very angry, hitting mom, telling mom he hates her. He hates his whole family. I hate my dad. I hate my mom. I hate my life. I hate this. I hate that. So mom set up. I set up a P, uh, initial evaluation for behavioral health services for him, for his own. We go on April 12th. So Cassie will have her own and Garrett will have his own. We got to work on this because we need to find him some sort of coping skills because I know he can do the work. He's a smart little boy. He, I know he can write. But because I've other, seen than, him do it. 
other than him being in his class and Mrs. Kaplecki or whatever coming in in the afternoon, does he get any other service? You know, like um, Monday Mondays they do lunch buddies, which he goes with a group of other boys, and they work on social stories. Um, he also goes to sp- his special education teacher who helps him. They do a reading group together. Um, he goes, I think, to the school psychologist once a week, you know, or he has that option to go down and see, you know, the school psychologist because he happens to like the school psychologist. <laughs> Well, that doesn't hurt. He's like, I love Garrett. Garrett, he says, I'm not going to lie. Garrett's one of my favorite. Garrett's my favorite. (laughs) He says, I'm not going to lie. Garrett is my favorite. And everybody in that room said, we're not going to lie. Garrett is a cute little boy. He's very affectionate. But when he has his outbursts, he is scary. (laughs) Could he get what we what we call them around here are TSS Mm -hmm. therapeutic support staff? Oh, yeah. He, Could he get a TSS? That goes to the classroom in the afternoon. Because his he's at his worst. He's better in the morning. He performs better in the morning. That's why they send her in the afternoon. Because he has his outbursts in the afternoon. Because he's held it in all morning. How can he hold it in any longer? You know? But is she really a TSS or is she just an aide that works for the school? I think she's actually just an aide. Okay. Well, no. You want somebody through the, as you were saying the BH behavioral health system who is trained to be a TSS that will look at his, his IEP, his treatment plan, what have you, what his goals are, what his needs are and be there to help him. So he could say to this person, you know, like we have miss Missy, Missy, you know, I, I need to take a break. And then she would take him and, and they'd walk up and down the hall for a minute or what have you. So that the teacher, the burden is kind of taken off the teacher to recognize when he's stressed or what have you. And this other person is there to assist him, but yet knows the intricacies of the ASD. Oh, his, his person that he has that goes in the afternoon has been with Garrett since he was in kindergarten. So she knows I just don't, I don't, I would like to know more of what's going on. And and maybe I didn't ask the right question. I feel a little confused. I do. I feel a little bewildered and, and confused. And I think I'm taking the right steps to make sure that he is equipped with some coping mechanisms because he's obvious, he's a very, he's, he's, he's a bright kid. The kid is smart. He's just very angry lately, even at home. I mean, it's not just in school. It's at home, too. He's pissed. You got to figure it out. What's going on? You know? So I've been trying to lay off him. He's He was mad at me today because I wouldn't let him have his DS. I wouldn't let him play on the PlayStation. I wouldn't let him watch TV. I wouldn't let him. He goes, you're so boring. <laughs> No, I let him. That's one thing I did let him do. I let him watch TV, but I didn't. He, he wanted to play on his computer. I said no. He says there's nothing to do. I said, I'm sorry, but you're not getting anything because you were on red today. It's green, yellow, orange, red. The past okay. days, Monday he, yesterday he was on orange, and today he was on red. 
I didn't really get a full story from him as to why he was on red. I didn't get a note from the teacher because usually what they make them do is if they go on red, they have to write a note to mom why they were on red. I didn't get a note. I is that like is that like a chart they keep in the room and they move your name like to the red zone or something? How do they you flip their cards? They have it's for all the kids. They flip their cards. If they get in trouble, they flip their card. But he got and it was this, yesterday. Yesterday it was. He said the kids were shushing me, and I told them all to shut up. I used a swear word. That's considered a swear word. Um, <laughs> I told them Bro. all to. Sh- I know, right? I'm thinking to myself, that's not a swear word, but whatever. He says I used a swear word. I told them all to shut up because they were shushing me. I said, well, Garrett, what were your options? What could you have done different? I said. Could you, if they shush you, if somebody shushes you, your choice is either tell them to shut up or be quiet. What should you have done differently? He said, number two, mom. And I'm like, number two? No, you don't tell them to shut up. And Cassidy had to tell me, mom, number two. He meant be quiet, yeah. Yeah, mom, he meant be quiet. Oh, okay. All right, well, that's good. I said, but Garrett. What could you have done differently so the kids didn't shush you? Not make the noises I was making. I said, so next time, tomorrow, when you go to school, are you going to make those noises? Mom, I'm going to try real hard, but I don't think I can do that. I'm like, well, I, I expect you to try really hard, and I expect you not to make a lot of noises. And it was the same. I think... I get so confused. My my brain is mush. I know. Well, I think it was the same thing today. He said the kids were shushing him again. And he said, and it just makes me so angry. <sighs> oh, you know, he may he can't help that he makes these noises. You know what I mean? I was in tears last week. I'm glad I'm not in tears anymore. But um, I just. I just feel so bad for him, you know? I'm like, what can I do? I feel like I can't, I can't, I I don't know what to do. So I'm paying him more attention when he comes home from school, before he goes to school. I'm making sure I focus my attention on him, but then I'm taking the attention off of Cassidy. Cassidy's going to get jealous. I don't know. I don't know. But that's pretty much where my uh, Wow. So. Well, I think it's been a different, different, bad word, different week for, for everybody with Sunday being, was it Saturday or Sunday? World Autism Day. Yeah. Um, and for we parents, I think, even though, Yes, we're we're thankful that they designated it that and and we're happy to participate in it and we're proud of our kids and but it's it's kind of like kind of like driving into a billboard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's right there in your face and again, April being autism awareness month, yes, we want to help and and we're happy to have it and and glad to talk about it, but some days it just some days it just right in the face. Yeah. You just want it to go away. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, tomorrow's another day and 
And sometimes I'm in denial and I'm like, my kids are doing great. <laughs> Thanks, PPT meeting, for telling me how wonderful my child is doing. Well, didn't they have anything positive to say? Anything that he, positive. That he's affectionate, that he's cute, you know. No, didn't they have anything to say? No matter how minuscule about his progress, like, well, at least he doesn't do this, or he's very good at hanging his coat up, or, you know, he always says good morning. One he's positive very thing. very good with the younger kids. He's very helpful okay. with the younger kids. Okay. I'm like, okay. Yeah, take it. Take it and run with it. Cause, take it and run with it. Yeah. But I mean... The district district manager was there and she was like, you know, you need to do these things. I mean, she's been with Garrett and and I since Garrett was at his original kindergarten school and she remembers how Garrett was. So she was like, under no certain terms, you need to put him back on that picture schedule because he needs he is having a difficult time. And it's April we have two months. How come yeah, the, where was it the rest of the year? What happened to the picture schedule? How come the picture schedule was taken away in the first place? What I think happened, his teacher had to go out on a leave of absence, and the new teacher that came in didn't know about the picture schedule. So somebody dropped the ball somewhere. So he's progressively gotten worse. And actually, the teacher said to me, Garrett, the other day, ju just he's never said this to me. And it totally usually I'll tell him, OK, it's time to take out your work and do your morning work. And he said for the first time, no, I'm not taking out my morning work. <laughs> I was like, really? Really? He doesn't say no to me at home. He knows better. Because he knows I'm going to make him do it anyway. You know? But, hey. Hmm. I don't have to deal with him during the school day. That's that's their job. You know? But what we will be talking about next week, the good, the bad, and the heartbreaking. And the reason for that is, again, Autism Awareness Month. We had our feel-good show with all the positives and or at least as many positives as we could dig up in a week. But we would be remiss if we did not also touch upon the folks that have severely autistic children and what they go through, their struggles, and the fact that everything they show on TV is not uh, a true portrayal of what some folks actually live with regard to autism. Exactly. But I'd like to thank you again, Pam, for... You're welcome. Um, like I said, I'm sorry I don't own a soundproof booth. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I, I, you know what? I just, I tune it out. But anyway, our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. Our website is autismwarriors.com. <laughs> You can catch us live at 8 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night at sayitproductions.com backslash live. Um, if you go to sayitproductions.com and you click on the donate button, you could see all of the ways in which you can um, donate to us to keep us up and running. 
Um, I'd like to thank you for listening to our show. Have a great week. 